Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. This is part two of a two-parter. My name's Carrie. I'm Dean. Oh, I'm Jack. <laughs> Petting a dog. Oh, well. What's the two-parter about, Care? It is about the, the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film. Good job. Yes, it is. Uh, so last... <laughs> that was a test and I passed. It was, and you did. Last week, we talked about a guy named Roger Patterson who became obsessed with Bigfoot in the late 50s, early 60s. He got a friend named Bob Gimlin to go out with him in October of 1967 to Bluff Creek area of Northern California and said, let's go hunt big feet with a camera. Hmm. And they got some of the most famous amateur film in the history of the world, 60 seconds of an apparent Bigfoot, including about three seconds of really pretty clear and steady where Bigfoot iconically looks back at the camera and it's a, it's a very clearly female big Bigfoot, if you know what I mean. We then discuss some of the problems, you know, with the timeline as they said it happened and also with how and where and when the film was developed. There's some issues there, but Eventually, over time, the film became uh, bigger and bigger, and eventually they were able to make a pretty significant amount of money from exhibiting the film. Then we ended last week by dissecting the film itself and kind of a, here are the points of folks who think it is legitimate and it's real. We're going to start today that with how the critiques... Wait a second. That with how? That with how. (laughs) That with how. (laughs) Such as and. Such as and that. We're going to start today with the more critical looks at the film itself. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to talk about maybe some of the inspirations that Patterson may have had for making this film. And we're going to talk about the motivations as well, perhaps, for making the film. And then we will wrap it up. So... You really set the agenda, didn't you? I did. You? I know. We'll, 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 we'll kind of wrap it up. Of, of Honestly, I, I have a theory of how exactly that, that film was created and why. And we'll talk about that. It was and just very business meeting-like. It was. <laughs> it was like you're writing the agenda on the whiteboard. Yeah. And you're going to check it off. Let's make, you tell them, tell them what, what was it? there's a presentation thing like that. We've been doing presentations. Is tell them what they're going to hear. Tell them it. And tell them what they just heard or something yeah. like that. So. That's like when you're selling a car. I don't know. I don't think it's like that at all. But you show it. You walk car, around it. I'm now selling you a car. You just bought a car. Yeah. I don't you know. You feel violated. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about dissecting the film from a con, how the skeptics have looked at the film itself. Rational people. Hey, hey, we're not being judgmental. You know, the, this time, the, huh? the, the, the folks in favor of the film being real do bring up some legitimate points. Well, yeah. Some of them see... Uh, rippling muscles there. They see a really realistic fur to them. They see uh, something walking that doesn't seem to walk like a human. They also see a very, very large animal. I think we mentioned this earlier in, in the part one, but if it is a man in a suit, it's a really, really good job. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, especially for 1967. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, first, though, let's remember how the film was shot is by a man with a 1967 handheld film camera running through this you know branch strewn partial covering so we talked about that earlier how it's a it's a shaky hot mess so if you've seen <laughs> hey what don't talk about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really shaky and unstable if you the, the listeners here have seen a few seconds and they seem kind of stable or, 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 or a large chunk of it and they seem kind of stable you have almost certainly seen an augmented yeah. piece of the film a lot of folks on, on YouTube have 
stabilized it. They've centered it. They've made it look very, very different than the original film. I implore you to walk, to look at the original film. Yes. Look how shaky and, and grainy and unstable it is. And Here's also, usually when you see a snippet of it on TV or whatever, you only see a few seconds. You don't see yes. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And there is, like I say, there's about three seconds in there where he gets a good view of the Bigfoot walking away. He's he's about 125 feet away at the time, so it's not like it's super close. Well, he estimated he was anyway. And that's the part where it looks back at the camera. Right. That's the, the, that still photograph of Fame 352 is what most people have experienced in terms of the Patterson-Gimlin film. Are you saying that the shakiness of it is evidence of it being fake? Uh, not necessarily, but it is. It makes it extremely difficult to analyze it with the yeah. minuteness yeah. that a lot sure. of the proponents have analyzed it which, with. Which doesn't is neither here nor there with whether or not it's fake. I think it's Correct. more evidence that it's real. No, uh, I think it's. I think if it's, it's obvious that it's, that's the only way to have done it. If you set up a tripod yes. and said we're going to film here until Bigfoot walks by, it would be laugh out loud. You you kind of have yeah. to. The way it was set up, and we'll talk a little bit later about what. We'll talk a little bit later about why they really may have been out there and what they were actually doing. Okay. So a lot of folks think like, oh, well, shouldn't there be a zipper? You know, shouldn't we see a zipper? And oh. in fact, uh, <laughs> two, two actual, <laughs> I mean, you hear that a lot. Like, where's the zipper? I haven't seen the zipper. It's covered by fur, dum-dums. Yeah. But two, <laughs> two Bigfoot enthusiasts actually looked at the film in 1999 and they analyzed it they very close up and they believe they found a zipper. Ah! They, they sh- that's ridiculous. They on really, the ankle? It's in the <laughs> middle. It's in the middle. So they, they theorized that it, it connects two parts, you know, like a lower oh. part and an upper part of the uh-huh. suit. It's kind of a bell-shaped zipper attachment near the waist of the creature. Um, they're full of shit. Yeah, it's not, yeah that it's doesn't not make any there. sense. There's no, no. zipper. Um, that's almost like skeptical wishful thinking in a yeah. sense. You're not going to find a zipper because there's no way that that's stupid. I mean, yeah. it's a really good, if it's a suit, it's a really good suit, then I'm going to have a visible zipper. Good Lord. Yeah. So let's forget the zipper. <laughs> I mean, I just, I want to address that because a lot of people talk about that. Zipper. Yeah. Uh, as we noted earlier, though, the vast majority of legitimate scientists, it was just a big yawn. They didn't even look yeah. at it. They weren't, they didn't have time for it. They looked at it and they said, at best, they go, I don't know. It's probably a guy in a suit. I don't care enough to do spend the hours and hours and hours and risk my reputation to take a hard technical look at this. So it's had very little uh, work done from you know legitimate academia, let's call it. But some people have looked okay, at it. Okay, so for argument's sake, mm-hmm. what would it take for someone to get legitimate academia to look at something they had if they're not yeah. even going to look at it? Yeah. Well, like I said, I've From seen. The beginning. You, you can also go on YouTube and find tons and tons and tons of pictures, allegedly, and film of other film, and pictures of Bigfoot and Sasquatch, and they're they're just laugh out loud terrible. Yeah. They're awful. Or, or there's one literally is a tree. It's, it's a tree guy. I'm sorry, buddy. But what if <laughs> but, someday uh, somebody has yes, one? That's I, it would have to. Be, I guess it would have to real, be real, and nobody's gonna pay attention to it because nobody's gonna believe it. I, I, th- I honestly, I think the Patterson Gibbon film is compelling enough where there should be more work on it done by legitimate academics. Yeah. Other than just Grover Krantz and Jeff Meldrum. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think they should. I think they've kind of dropped the ball. It's, it's that is good enough to warrant. Yeah, that. I, I can agree with that. So. But even uh, the, one of the most famous cryptozoologists ever, in fact, the person who's considered the father of modern cryptozoology, Bernard Hüvemans. 
the French or maybe he's Belgian uh, writer who, who kind of modernized and, and, and I believe invented the word cryptozoology. He thought it was completely fake. He thought it was lame. He said it looked the hair looked too fake and too uniform uh, to him. And here's you know here's something he said that's going to come up again: the butt, the booty, the butt is not splayed. Honestly, primates' butts are spl- like really look at gorilla's ass. It's got a big old ass crack. People have a big old visible ass crack. Yeah. It's, the butt of this thing is not, it doesn't look like a real butt. Baby don't got back. Do we ever yeah. see it from the back? Yeah, you see oh, it from the I back. What do you mean? The whole okay. thing is the back. Yeah. yeah. I thought it's, it's more the side. It's very furry. Yeah, well, side, side boob. And there'd be side booty too, but there's, there's no some, such there's thing. There's some back shots as well. Oh, a little okay. more distant, I believe. But huh. that comes up a lot. It just doesn't look like a real primate ass. Like a Hank Hill butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, more, it's more the lack of a crack. It's a crack lack. It's more the splayed <laughs> He's buttocks are not there, is what primate. Pri, so a primate expert named John Napier, he worked for the Smithsonian Institute. And Ooh. if you remember his name, he was, we talked about him in the Minnesota Iceman I, episode because he debunked name. that. He yeah. also thought the film was a fraud. He, by the way, he did believe in a living Sasquatch. He really? was a scientist who was a believer. He just, but he was a scientist who said, you got to show me, you got to prove it to me. And he didn't buy less than ironclad evidence. Yeah. So when he saw the Minnesota Iceman, he said, that's bullshit, and here's why. And when he him. saw this film, he said, I don't believe it. I don't know. Chimps kind of have little butts, don't they? They're but not. they have a lot of chimpanzees. No, but I'm just trying ass to picture one in my head. Are you? You're trying to, <laughs> so you're right now picturing an ass crack with a chimpanzee in your head. You're a sick woman. Listeners, please help, Carrie. How many times do we have to say the phrase splayed ass crack for you to get it? <laughs> splayed ass crack, Carrie. Splayed, splayed, splayed. Splay it. Don't think of the big red baboon. Maybe you baboon. can't see it because it's too furry. That's, I mean, that's more or less what it looks like, but I still. I mean, this is a, a species of primate that nobody's ever seen before, so they don't know. Maybe this species doesn't have a splayed ass That's crack. That's possible. That's possible. Primatologists are just arguing that all the others do, so eh. It's most likely that this one would too. Hmm. Yeah, and Napier... It's from the lineage. Napier, by the way, he's argued that the length of the strides did not match the creature's height, and he also Ooh. thought the footprints cast that they made looked very suspicious to him. He As said, usual. he kind of famously said, quote, I could not see a zipper, but <laughs> dot, 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 meaning yeah. it was fake. He thought it was a brilliant hoax. He grew with that. He thought it was a brilliant hoax, but he thought it was a hoax. Other scientists have also pointed out the lack of an ass crack or a splayed ass crack. <laughs> Others have said that, you know, all of the analyses by the believers who estimate height and weight and all that stuff were just nonsense because you just can't make those kinds of precise measurements, they argued. And, and just because of all the unknowns and uncertainties with the size of the subject, the distance from the camera, its position, its movement, the shakiness, the graininess of the film, all those things make, because you have, you know, like Jeff Meldrum has made very precise measurements, and others have <laughs> as well, that say, well, therefore, the ratio of the blah, 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 and you just, you just, a lot of skeptics say you can't make those kind of measurements, and that's the only thing you have really to support, because it's like, you know, the stride fits a large primate or the, the I, you know, I see the rippling muscles, I see the torso has a longer ratio to the lower part of the body than, than a, a human has, things like that, they yeah. say. Uh, the, the skeptics say those are kind of nonsensical arguments because you can't be that precise. Sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I'm just saying what, what they say. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, I, I, you could certainly do ratios. You but, could, Because yeah. it doesn't matter how yes, that's far true. or near it is. And that's if, true. If you have any idea, you're looking at the ratios, the right? Right. I think so. Okay. No, I think so. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a strong argument to no. me either. 
Then, but there's also this argument from the pro film folks who say that the move, movement of the creature just could not be faked. It's not human, and it can't be faked. And I mean, I disagree with of that. Of course, it can. That's, yeah, that's, that's, anything can be faked. I, I, he, I could walk like that. You, I'm you a human. What they cite is, <laughs> oh, he bends. The, the creature bends his knees too much. It lifts oh his God. feet more than what humans would. What does that even mean, though? It, it just means the person was bending his knees a lot. It doesn't mean a human can't do that. Yeah, yeah it's like that. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Like yeah. y'all think we're Barbies, and then we I can know. only <laughs> bend our knees yeah. a certain like, amount. Like the person in that suit. If there's, say there's a person in the suit, like he's not going to try to walk different, right? Or be forced right. by the constrictions of the suit to walk different. And we'll see a little bit later how that may have been true. If he's wearing those big old fucking Snowshoe looking exactly. fucking big ass. You've the slippers. We'll, we'll get oh, exactly sorry, did to that I later on? Yeah, it, it, but yeah, that yeah. could have made that the person in the suit allegedly walk exactly like he did because he kind of had to, right? Like a freaky. Yeah, and then in terms of this of the speed of motion, again, we we talked about the Patterson very likely filming mm. at the oh, normal yeah. twenty four frames per second, but claiming he did it yeah. at sixteen, and that which makes when we play it at sixteen, it makes the creature look like it's going much faster than the human in the suit probably did in real in real life, if there was a human in the suit. Okay. So none of what the supporters say the creature did can't be done by human. They just say humans normally don't do that. So therefore it was not a man in the suit, which again is just <laughs> a Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. It I mean they would have yeah. rehearsed, got it right, roll camera. Yeah. Now, if it was like the Bigfoot on Six Million Dollar Man yes. that could jump real high, yes. if it did that, yes. then we'd have our answer. We would. Am I right? Didn't the I don't Bigfoot follow you at all? Over? I don't know. Um, I didn't. I remember that. that. I do remember there that. Was a Bigfoot there was a Bigfoot on, on Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Man. It was a very popular mid seventies, mid late seventies show. I thought they he had was a super. Yeah, he had powers or not powers, but you know. I think he might have also been psychic. He could remember. do things Whoa. that a human couldn't do. Well, yeah, so. he's big, strong, Bigfoot. Yep. <laughs> what right about here. Harry and the Hendersons? Classic. Oh, that's my favorite. Classic. I love that I movie. Don't Not really. Think no. So, no. No. He just made cute sounds. He grunted intelligibly. Yeah. Cute sounds. Cutesy sounds. And facial expressions. Oh yeah, John Lithgow. <laughs> was him not very the likeable. person in the mask. No. He <laughs> <laughs> was the father, right? Yes. Okay. He was Harry. No, no, he, he was, was the Henderson. <laughs> Harry Henderson. is. Yes. <laughs> I was very young. <laughs> you were. You're not anymore. When Harry the Hendersons? Was it early '80s, something like that? No. When was it? Oh, wow. really? I don't have my phone, so I can't. Check I can it. quickly. But I'm pretty sure we were adults. Really? Okay. I or thought maybe it was like teenagers. '81 or something like that for some reason. No, it was later. Pause. I don't remember. We're not going to pause. Why not? You can look it up. What about the what? '87? '87. Yes. Way off. Way off. I'm so smart. My bad. My bad. <laughs> So we needed Emma here to tell us exactly. We did. She I know, it's true. <laughs> she would have had no clue. She said August 15th, 87. Its initial weekend, it domestic <laughs> gross was uh, $13.8 million. It finished second that weekend. What about the argument that the oddly the long point. torso of the creature r- rules out a man in a suit? Remember, okay, you're right. Maybe they could get the I ratio right. But why does that rule out as a man in a suit? Yeah. It's not the man who has the weird ratio. It's, it's the suit that has the yeah. weird ratio or the way the suit yeah. is worn that has yeah. the weird ratio. The same goes for the breadth of the shoulders. It had very wide shoulders. It can't be a man. Uh, shoulder really? pads. Have you ever heard of shoulder pads? Yes. Uh, again, <laughs> though, you mean, you mean the breadth of the suit that's yeah. abnormally wide or the, breadth, uh, or the breadth of the suit over shoulder pads that is abnormally wide? So, yeah, that's not Silly. a strong. That's easy for the yeah. skeptics to refute that argument. Uh, in terms of the muscles under the, f- the skin and the fur, which, again, uh, to me is a fairly compelling argument. I've seen 
the film. I've looked at it close up and zoomed yeah. and yeah. stuff. And I question I the don't ability really see to muscles see muscles rippling. Yeah. You know, Jeff Meldum draws a trapezoid. There's the trapezius right there. No, you're just, you you're know just do a triangle it. where that should be. That's all yeah. you just exactly. did. Exactly. Uh, I mean, some people, in fact, a lot of people, including a lot of scientists, were seeing canals on the surface of Mars mm-hmm. in the late 19th century to the early 20th century. Well into the 20th century, they still were saying, those are canals. They were never canals. They, you saw what your eyes wanted to, to see. I don't, that's the best I can do in terms of seeing rippling muscles under the skin of this creature in that yeah. film. If you want to see that, you're going to see that. I don't see it. Anyway, hum, right? what's that word again? We still have to do a world, weird world on that. The, uh, where the pattern see apophemia? I'm mangling that word. I don't know. Thanks for the help, that. guys. We don't know. We don't what know. You're it's the, it's the mental. Con- we you see patterns that aren't there. Pareidolia. That's it. So you did know. So you I didn't know that's what you were talking that's about. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. It's pareidolia. This you're welcome. The, uh, well, I guess it's not a pattern. Jesus in the toast. Jesus in the toast. Yeah. Muscles oh, on the big foot. Gotcha. The man of the moon. Man of the moon. Exactly. I see the man of the moon. I'm sure you do. Does he see I you? don't. No. He doesn't see you. Well, That's interesting. according to the song, he does. Yes, but. exactly my point. He's been spying yeah. on you for years, Karen. Uh-huh. He watches you bathe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. He's a creepy man. He has there. x-ray vision. He can see through walls. Well, and he's sure. Superman. Superman in the moon. <laughs> there were also questions surrounding the shape of the creature itself. Again, John Napier, the Smithsonian primatologist, he noted that the sagittal crest visible on the creature's Ooh, yeah, skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He talked about that. This feature, it turns out, is generally found in the male of a primate species, like gorillas and orangutans. Exactly. Not the female in gorillas Uh and orangutans. Don't have that. Like the cone-heady looking thing? Sexual dimorphism. The cone-heady little thing? No, it's not. It's like a a crest on their skull. It's for muscle attachment. Yes. So the big-ass male gorilla is going to have as much muscle as they can. With displayed buttocks. It's... um, it's, I know that. So it's, it's in male gorillas, it's in male orangs, it's not in females, and Patty is clearly a female here. Again, it could be. Maybe this, this creature has a female with a sagittal crest. That's not impossible, but maybe you're pointed out to say that would be an, a very un, unusual. But the crest also... Maybe it's a male with big boobs. Uh, so man boobs, so moobs. Correct. Yeah. Hmm, you know what? They didn't see a Bigfoot dangling or a Bigfoot badge, so maybe you're right, Carrie. Yep. It's all covered by her. I thought about that. No, I don't yeah. think it And is. most of the primates have really tiny penises. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a female. Carrie, if you've seen those swimming and boobies. I did. Those, They're pendulous did breasts. They are pendulous. That's not a man. Trust me. Okay. You just have to work. Take my word for it. The crest, though, the sagittal crest also indicates a largely herbivorous diet, and uh, a lot of people say it doesn't look like a... Uh, an herbivore, like think of a gorilla. They yeah. tend to have giant lower jaws because they're grinding, 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 and they have pot bellies because they they put a shit ton of plant matter in there and it just and just sits there for long periods of time. And this thing is is much svelter than that, and with a, a little more normal ratio of of the jaw, so it doesn't have the look of the kind of herbivorous creature that would yeah. have a sagittal crest. The morphology ain't yes. cutting it. Hmm. So that and that's so that's some. Well, I know. mean, think of cows and other herbivores. Mm. They all got those big old stomachs. Yeah, I can't yeah. refute any of that. You can't. Uh-uh. Scientifical talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Napier finally points out that he fault he finds fault in the size of the feet of Patty, her oh. height, and the stride measured by Patterson. He just argues that they don't match, and he says that the stride to him looks exaggerated to him. So you combine those three factors you know, and, and primatologically, primatologically speaking, he says that Patty just doesn't make physical sense to him. This is a Napier's argument. Gotcha. Okay. 
Now let's talk, we'll, we'll finish up the, the con of the film with the film speed itself, right? Again, this is critical since a human in a suit probably could not have moved across that, that meadow as fast as he did in the time it did if Roger Patterson really was taking the film at 16 frames per second. If he was filming at 24 frames per second, the creature, man in a suit, a real creature, was actually moving slower than it appears. Yeah. So that's pretty important. Mm -hmm. So a guy named D.W. Grieve of the Royal Ooh. Free Hospital, he, way back in 1971, he did an, an in-depth analysis of the film. I don't know what he did, the Royal Free Hospital, but he had expertise in this. I don't remember sure. what <laughs> Just trust me. Okay. If the film, he said if the film was shot at 24 frames per second, then the movements, the movements look very much normal and, and human. And again, did we mention that 24 frames per second was just undoubtedly what Patterson would have chosen to film at. The only yeah. way he can yeah. say he made a mistake to film it at 16. And proponents have argued that that camera did have this kind of free-flowing clicker that went from 16 to 48 or something like that frames per second, uh, and that he just kind of made a mistake. That, again, that, that's just insanely unlikely. You would not want to do that. You would ruin the commercial. Yeah, a, a, your commercial viability of the film if, if you filmed it at 16 if you're going to try yeah. to sell it and exhibit it which which he of course and also isn't that have. verifiable can't people go back and check you that can't. model of camera from that time yeah, period yeah, no, and be the like camera, did yes. it have that actual it did mechanism yes it did oh yeah but it, it oh, could have saying, shot at 16 oh, I see what you mean. but <clears> he would have had to, to make Patterson, a huge screw up to yeah. leave it at 16 or to have ever put it at 16 yeah so why would it have ever been? It would have had to be a screw up, which is not well, impossible. Isn't that what he said? But it's unlikely that he messed up. He, mm -hmm. Or of course he did. But when people pointed out, oh by the way, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and must, if it was a genuine says, well, mistake, well yeah, I must have screwed up. Yeah. So let's talk about the inspiration for the film potentially. Okay. And which is, I'll tell you why it's important in a second here. A couple of authors named Daniel Loxton and Donald Prothero. Ooh. Or Prothero. These are some great names. D.W. Grieve, yeah, Daniel Prothero. Prothero. They wrote a book called Abominable Science, and oh. they pointed out a possible inspiration for Patty. It's a story, <laughs> uh, the story of William Rowe. Rowe claimed that in 1955, he was out hiking on the Micah Mountain in British Columbia. That's the word. And he saw a huge creature squatting near a clearing. Okay, by I, I believe by a well, I can't remember if it's by a stream or not. It was covered in fur. It was over six feet tall. It was massively built. And then, as it calmly strode by him, he noticed one other critical feature: boobs, huge pendulous breasts. Yep. This thing was female. He had an I've, I've read it. He has an incredibly detailed description of the creature. I mean, incredibly detailed for shitting your pants and have this thing just walk by you. Yeah. And it really and and his report you'll see in a second was made public in 1957, but it became kind of the prototype for the Bigfoot from that period forward. Previously, reports of this creature out there in the wilderness, they date back, well, allegedly, they really don't date to the 1950s, honestly. It's, hmm. It doesn't have the kind of uh, pedigree or providence yeah. that the proponents claim it does. Yeah. But there are stories, but it, the story is going back to like the Ape Canyon incident of 1924, but that wasn't told until much later. And in fact, we talked mm -hmm. about the incident, I'm trying to blank on the guy's name, who was kidnapped and, and oh. carried away in his, in his oh. sleeping bag by a Bigfoot yes, that yes. carried him to his family and whatnot. Again, that was Episode, also, mm. that was allegedly took place in the 20s, but was told in the 50s. Albert Osterman. Albert Osterman. Ooh, you okay, carry go, girl. You, <laughs> nice. And you say you have no room for new information. In oh, there. yes, you do, girl. So it really became popular in the 50s, and, the, and all of these stories came from the 50s, and it, that prototype type kind of became set, much like the gray alien 
prototype for UFOs and for ETs became set gradually in kind of the the 80s. I have a question. Yes. Are there no Native American stories? Every time you see something supernatural and they say, oh, this is based on Native American legend, it's almost always mistranslations, misinterpretations, sometimes purposeful. We have, I mean, think of Greek legends. There's every, you know, unicorns and centaurs and minotaurs and things like that. Native Americans have all kinds of legends along those lines of seemingly, so yes, you can find a large creature in the forest, no shit, uh, in Native American legend. It doesn't mean it has any correspondence whatsoever to a Sasquatch. Why are you so hostile toward me? Because that's a question. Because a lot of people, they they misuse Native American legends. Like, one day we'll do the Thunderbird here, and the Thunderbird... Uh, there's legends of, of Native American tribes going way, way back to this thing called the Thunderbird, but it turns out it was something more, almost something clearly supernatural, like almost like literally a thunderstorm. Yeah. And the creature itself is is not remotely intended to be taken as a real flesh and blood thing, okay. and, they, and they turn it into a 25-foot eagle or a pterodactyl. Okay. But I wasn't really asking you if no. there's a Native <laughs> American legend about some mythological creature. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the natives had words and stories about buffalo and bison mm-hmm. and eagles mm-hmm. and bears. Go on. So yes. is there also one of a creature like this? Well, that's what there I are, are Native that's Americans a, that we I, I were always capable of a- talking to. I did answer that. Mm. I, Native American legends about a large creature in the forest. Yes. Okay. There are, but it, is, it doesn't mean it's a correspondence with Bigfoot. Yeah, he's saying that people tend to ascribe the modern meaning of Bigfoot to historical Native American legends, whether it's correct or not. That were meant as fictional mythological creatures. I'm not talking about what white people think about the Native American stories. Have we not asked the Native Americans? No. Well, yes, sure. (laughs) But no one's going to say, oh, yeah, we, I mean, it's so long ago that, I mean, I, I, but I'm saying that if, to the degree there is any kind of oral history, there are oral Native American histories and mythology of things that are Bigfoot-like in some sense. Okay. So I feel like I'm answering this question three times. Now. <laughs> there are, so uh, yes, yes, but not, but it doesn't mean that they're saying, that they're describing what we think of as a Sasquatch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Um, and also, where did the name? Are you going to talk about it ever? Where the name Sasquatch came from? Because yeah. that name to me sounds it is like it is a Native, Native American. American. There's all kinds of that. different names. It's tons of names. Just like the abominable snowman, there's 117 different names for that thing. Yeah. The the Yeti. There's the Mekong Yeti. Things like that. There's all kinds of names. But again, it's, it's it the it's the mythology. Is <laughs> white people grabbing a name from Native mythology yeah. and and. Putting put it, on put it that, on yeah. to their yeah. modern conception of this this creature, this supernatural creature that we now call Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Patterson Gimlin film not only followed the creature type that Roe set down, but the details of the Roe encounter were very, very similar to Patterson's details of their encounter. The squatting creature is by the river. It walked over to a meadow. It had a pendulous breast. The physical description is almost identical. The calmness. Yeah. So, so basically, Lox and Prothera were saying that essentially... They they more or less stole the story from, from Bro. Yeah, that's what they they basically did. Huh. And remember, and so you, they asked the question. Okay, so now let's look into this Roe story. That was a that was an early as a major early Bigfoot story. The, if the Roe story is questionable in in their mind, that brings up that makes the Patterson Gimlin film questionable. So they looked up this Roe story and they find out that the whole story relied completely on letters this guy, William Rowe, had written to an early Canadian Bigfoot researcher named John Green. 
a prominent Bigfoot researcher, oh, yeah. one of he the biggest and early ones, right? Yeah. In fact, <laughs> it turns out no one, no Bigfoot believer, no journalist, no no one had ever personally interviewed William Rowe. Uh, they'd never even directly spoken to him. And, and by the way, there were no contemporaneous reports that John Green can find of like friends of William Rowe or things like that that say, oh yeah, he, um, he talked about that back in 55 when it allegedly happened. Remember, the story went public in 1957. So what well, happened is and that- And did he die soon after or something? He, yeah. He did. Okay. When uh, a Sasquatch sighting was uh, made the news in 1957, Rowe then went to the, um, uh, allegedly went to a newspaper or two in Alberta where he now lived. He had moved from British Columbia to Alberta in the ensuing time. And he told them, hey, Two years ago, back in British Columbia, here's what happened to me. And he told his story. We just we just related. Green heard about this from that Alberta media, contacted Roe, and then they traded letters. And that's it. He never spoke oh, to him in person, okay. never directly talked so to him. So that's where the letters came from. Oh, okay. and, and, and then what happened is that Roe sent in a quote-unquote sworn affidavit. Here's what, I, here's what happened. And that, the report comes entirely from that affidavit. I'm, I'm going to say that in quotes, that he sent to John Green and John Green then publicized it. And you hear a lot of the Bigfoot writers make a big deal, like, it's a sworn affidavit, okay? <laughs> you can't lie and things like that. That's really serious, which, of yeah. course, is just childish. Silly, silly, silly. yeah. Um, it's like, y'all are really that naive? Yeah, I mean, you literally say that. Ivan Sanders said something like, oh, maybe Americans don't take that shit, but Canadians huh. take it That's very funny. seriously. I was like, yeah, so it. did me in elementary school when I said, yeah, I did all five nights of my reading log, but no, I didn't, bitch. <laughs> But you're a lying American. I swore on that affidavit. Ryan Reynolds would not have said that. So did I. I had you. to find those things. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, was kind of, it was kind of a he said, she said yeah. story, and the she, in this case, was a Sasquatch, who was not <laughs> readily available for deposition. So... Uh, that's it's childish <laughs> to sit there and say he could have made it up. It's just one affidavit. Yeah. It must have happened. That's, let's do. That's let's make that YouTube video deposing a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> were you or were you not? Did you have your pendulous breast out swinging across the metal? Yes and no, ma'am. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> could you please? Could you please read that back? Person who does that thing. Stenographer. With, stenographer. Person who does that thing with their fingers <laughs> on the thing. The two researchers concluded that because the Roe encounter was likely a hoax, the Patterson given them film must too must also be a hoax because it followed it so closely. Uh, that's an overstatement. That's not true. Yeah, Chris, that's a little yeah. bit too much of a that is. Yeah. I, but it is telling that the Patterson given them film matches that Roe story pretty Eerily closely. Well, yeah. yeah. And physically and, and the encounter itself. So that it's a little bit of an a little of a half a nail in the coffin hmm. of, of PGF because it is suspicious. One yeah. staple. Yes. It's at least a staple. But with a staple gun. So it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid One thing. of those wood staples. Yes. Okay. Uh, there are also just basic questions about the authenticity of the film itself. Again, there's no proof that Patterson had the film developed when and where he said it was developed. Remember we talked about how oh, yeah. uh, Al Datley discussed, um, I forgot where I took it. I don't know yeah. when I took it. <laughs> what that means is that it means not being able to say who developed the film means that no one can be questioned yeah. uh, to deny that they developed a film with a, a Bigfoot in it or, or when they developed Because remember, there's yeah. a lot of allegations it, it was done earlier than they said it was done. Yeah. So if you, oh yeah, no, we developed that film a week before they said, that's that would be right. the end of the story. Yeah, because just the fact that somebody developed that film that leads no Hello? credibility oh. to 
the contents of the film. Yes, you know I mean? agree. Absolutely. So it so, only can talk of the timing of it. Yeah, well, and, and yes, you're right, but it would also mm-hmm. be, but the fact that they can't, they conveniently forgotten when and where it was developed means you just can't, you can't question yeah. those people at all under, right. for whatever question you have for Well, them. so, I mean, somebody developed the film. I yes. know, why haven't they come forward? Yeah. So that person, let's say it was three yeah. months earlier than they said. Or a week, it wouldn't have been that long. You can see what well, you're developing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, is there like... Uh, something about famous. the nature of developing the film that you can't really see exactly I, you know, I, what's I, I, on I, I it, the negatives. That, I was thinking that. that uh, you're just developing sure the film and giving to him. I don't know that you're no, watching it. You're going to check seen, and make sure that it's very that, out, right? That's actually true. Yeah. You, yeah. Probably, you probably would check it, put it through an actual film camera and mm-hmm. just... See, but I then imagine. also if you check it, you might just accidentally check the... Not the whole thing. 300 frames yeah. at the beginning that yeah. are just shaky remember, brush. That was really a lot of it, that's true. A lot of it was him just filming uh, Bob Gimler riding his horse. That's yeah. true. He's like, what are these mountains? gay people doing in the mountains? Yeah, that's what he was <laughs> This is the early Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, that's true. It was, so a lot, most of it is that. I mean, honest to God, there's a few seconds of clearly visible, relatively stable Bigfoot. Again, the fir- the yeah. whole first, I don't know, 10 or 15, 20 seconds of it is like, I don't see anything yeah. except the sky running around. And yeah. some, is that a, a tree flying by up the and down? The sky like, running around? This oh, guy. this guy. <laughs> Bob. Uh, I, mean, Roger looks- I think it could be developed without seeing and go, yeah. oh, shit, I, saw, I just developed a shot of a Bigfoot yeah. at Kodak. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> who develops those kind of At films. Kinkos. Kinkos, yes, in 1967. I don't know the world. Gimlin and Patterson's stories also changed about how exactly they got the film de- developed, as you recall, and they finally settled on that they had a chartered plane, uh, chartered back to Yakima yeah. from right. Northern California, right? So not only would this be pretty goddamn expensive, but Peter Byrne, who is also a cryptological researcher, he checked this a few years later, or some, some, not that long later, I don't think. He checked that, and he found that there's only a few planes that could have and would have made that charter flight and from, from a Eureka area to Yakima, yeah. and all of them were grounded by bad weather on that day. All of them. And remember, they talked about, remember, it started raining that night. Right, yeah. And yeah. they were, wa- the, they were the roads were going to wash out, et cetera, so they can't backtrack on that. The weather yeah. was really bad. You said yourself? Yeah. Exactly. Guys. <laughs> yes. Jack says accusatorily. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, so so Byrne claimed that, that those charter companies said, no, we were grounded that night. Yeah. We, we wouldn't have flown something back to Yakima. Come on now. This is, what you, huh. this is why you don't lie. About the large things. The little yeah. things like that that are hard to think of. And like, yeah. the, like the sagittal crest. Oh, it looks cool, but you're not uh, an expert. Yeah, you're not a primatologist. whatever, who's going to say, eh, that yeah. doesn't really fit with the creature, the rest of the creature. And then, of course, there's just a sheer luck of going to hunt for this incredibly, insanely elusive animal. And that if it, if it exists, it's very, very, very rare. And then it lopes slowly <laughs> across your field yeah. when you're out there with a film camera ready to take a picture of it, and it, uh, right there in your saddlebag. And, and you just happen to be a massive Bigfoot enthusiast, obsessed with Bigfoot, with that camera out there at the time. I know that's not completely fair uh-uh. because it's those people who would be the kind exactly. of person out there. I get yeah. that. But it still is shockingly fortunate for this to have happened when it yes. happened, where it happened. And, and think about this. All those Bigfoot shows out there, all those, those countless amateurs out there, every hiker with a GoPro, which is to say all of them, I believe, now, no one's yeah. ever captured a view of a Bigfoot that yeah, comes yeah. remotely to be as good as, as this. I mean, no, no one's ever captured one 
in an honest way, I don't think, because I like I've seen, I've I've looked at the Bigfoot supposed Bigfoot pictures and Bigfoot film, and and they're just awful. The other ones, other than the, the PGF, yeah, they're they're dreadful. There's nothing that comes close to it. It's kind of like the alien autopsy thing. There's that one, there's tons of, of film of supposed alien autopsies. There's one that's almost as good as the one that Fox did, but they're all they're mostly just they're terrible. Really funny. They're yeah. embarrassing. Stop stop trying, guys. <laughs> Unless you can you view the film before you load it onto YouTube. Yeah, uh, have a couple of friends look at it. And just ask for their honest opinion. I, I, I really wish you'd do that before you, because you're really bad at what you're doing. And not your 13-year-old cousin. <laughs> no. like, looks good, right? Does it look good? Okay, well, let's do it, man. Whoa, let's do bro. It. This is going to be so cool, man. Watch this, man. <laughs> Dude. Well, let's talk about motives now. Patterson had, at best, a checkered reputation, if we're being very, very nice. Oh. He was accused by one author of, uh, hoaxing Bigfoot prints, by the way, in Yakima, he supposedly found Bigfoot prints, and one person I can't—I don't have the name—who looked into that said it was a, it was a, an obvious fake Bigfoot prints that he did back I mean, in, the, in the mid '60s yeah. near Yakima. Uh, Greg Long, though, researched the, this whole story at length. I mean, years. He spent years hmm. researching it in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. Wow. I so, know. Greg Long at length. <laughs> I don't know. Greg Long wasn't any professional. That's what I mean. For for someone who's a legit zoologist, whatever, to to say, hey. I'm going to go look at this intensely. That could literally be years of work. Yeah, but you just... It's just not worth it to them. So you you put yourself in their place before we condemn them for not looking into it. Whereas a Bigfoot, obsessed Bigfoot enthusiast, that's all they do. (laughs) So Greg Long took the time to look at this, and he looked at Patterson's background exhaustively over the course of years again. He, he, t- he literally talked to anyone who ever knew him and, and talked to Roger Patterson. He talked to everyone who knew him that was still alive in the 90s and early 2000s. And the portrait he came away with was this kind of backwoods scam artist. A friend of Patterson said, quote, he was a cheat, a liar, and a thief. Wow. End quote. He was always on the make for a big score, and he always wanted, he was just lazy. He just wanted to live a life of ease. He wanted to make this big score, make a shit ton of money, and live it up easy. Why are you friends with him? I know, but... <laughs> but we don't act like that. But have, do, you, do you cheat and scam everyone you ever knew? No. See, for people who knew him said he cheated yeah. and scammed everyone he knew. I'm not going to belabor it, but I'll give you one example. Yeah. Patterson would often be without phone service he'd, because he wouldn't <laughs> pay the bill. He was famous for that, by the way. He didn't pay his bills. He never did. So he wouldn't pay his phone bill. He'd be without a phone for a while. And eventually he'd pay his phone bill and, and get the phone back. But one time he was out without a phone. And so he asked a friend, hey, can I use your phone? And I guess, sure, there it is in the kitchen, whatever. So on the sly, he then rang up a $700 oh long-distant phone bill. And he just flat out never paid it. Wow. Refused to pay. He said, are you going to pay it? Nope, I'm not going to pay it. And he never paid it. Wow. I checked, and it was in the mid-1960s. That would be about $5,700 today. So he rang up a $5,000 phone bill and said, fuck you. I'm paying it. Wow. That's the kind of guy he was. And, oh, by the way, he was, he was short. He was like 5'2", five 5'3", five but he was a badass. He was a weightlifter. He was built. He knew he was a fighter. Oh, so geez. a lot of people just intimidated and didn't ask him twice <laughs> to pay them back because they were afraid of him. So he, he did a lot. He didn't pay. He racked up bills for various things and didn't what pay. What the fuck? Huh. If you let him, you know. Uh, How did he not get killed? 
Like that's the they're kind more of shit. afraid of him than he was. Yeah, of them. I guess. But people yeah. have guns. He, he, he gives was a shit if you good got with a gun too. He was good oh. with a gun and good with his fist. Oh. He once I, I read one anecdote. He once uh, like four people and four dudes in a truck came by. And they said some shit to him. He jumped in the for the truck, beat the two of them to unconsciousness, and then got out of the truck. And they just took off. What the fuck? So he was a bad dude. He he you know when he racked a bill and he cheated you and scammed you, he got away with it. Sounds like a psychopath. A little bit. Yeah. And remember we talked about he wrote his book called, in 1966, he called it Do Abominable Snowmen of America Really Exist, the badly titled book. And so that was written in 1966, and he self-published it, right? In the spring of 1967, Patterson began to lay the groundwork for shooting a kind of quasi-documentary about Bigfoot encounters. He wanted to do like a... Like almost like a nature film, you know. Remember the old Disney nature films about the cougar? Yeah. yeah. Like, think of those. Like you follow the cougar around. Here's the old cougar getting into a mess of trouble with the bobcat. That kind oh of shit. Oh my god, lemmings <laughs> running off the cliff. That exactly. <laughs> he wanted to do that, but about Bigfoot. Obviously, it had to be fictionalized, but yeah. it, it'd be about like historical Bigfoot encounters, like the Ape Canyon incident where these miners were oh. supposedly attacked by this Bigfoot who threw rocks at them all night and things like <laughs> that. Uh, so this, this remember, a fictional sort of quasi-documentary. He started traveling down to Southern California multiple times in early 1967, trying to get someone interested in funding this movie that would be based on his book, right? So the story, he had a story, the story would center on a couple of cowboys being led by an Indian tracker and an old miner to find <laughs> Bigfoot. And they would have like flashbacks to past like the Ape Canyon incident, things like that. That was the hook of the story. It was, it was a movie. It's a fictional yeah. movie. The Indian guy, by the way, was going to be played by Bob Gimlin in a wig. So Bob Gimlin was in on that from the get-go on, on this movie. A lot of, we'll talk about Gimlin later, but a lot of people kind of give him hmm. a pass and, and they frankly yeah. should not. Yeah, no. They even shot some scenes over the Memorial Day weekend in 1967 with nine volunteers, friends of his, <laughs> including Gimlin. And by the way, another Patterson friend named Bob Hieronymus, who we'll hear about in a minute. Ooh. Essentially, they were, like I said, going to make this sort of nature film about Bigfoot. But then no studio wanted anything to do with it, right? He's, he's going to Southern California. No one's getting interested. Finally, a company called American National Enterprise stepped in. I don't like in. it. They made wildlife films. Cheap, you know, kind of wildlife films. That's what, that was their gig. They said, okay, you know what? We like this. We'll fund it. They funded, wow, that's they, surprising. It was A&E, American National Enterprise, that funded the rental of his expensive camera oh. for October. It was A&E that uh, funded that entire the film. Bought, he was able to buy the film stock, to buy the reels of film to go out there and shoot. A 16-millimeter film is not cheap. Right. In 1967 especially. Remember, he was always on the edge of poverty. And they did a photo shoot of Patterson and some of his friends kind of on, on a backwoods Bigfoot hunt to show <laughs> to the A&E guys what they didn't tell the A&E guys is that they took that um, in his backyard. That was the Memorial Day oh, weekend oh stuff. was done in his backyard. <laughs> you heap see Bigfoot in the corner. You know, they, they did this cheesy little little kind of shots. It's like, okay, here's, here's the kind of thing we're going to do. And they sent that to A&E. My God. Um, and A&E said, score. Okay, we'll fund your trip oh in God. October. And they did. We'll just ignore the fucking chain link fence over there. <laughs> he must have had a big backyard yeah. with yeah. a lot of trees in it. And they shot Up in Washington, smart sure. angles. Yeah. Yeah. But still. They didn't have cinder block walls in the back. Yeah. So to shoot this fictionalized quasi-documentary, what are they going to need? They're going to need a suit 
and they're gonna need uh, to make a, an actor in that suit look like a Bigfoot. Yeah. So I asked the question: Is that why Patterson did Patterson then commission a suit, a Bigfoot suit, uh, and maybe modify it a little bit, not to fool anyone, at least not on, at first, mm-hmm. but to make this film, right. to make this fictional film about Bigfoot that he yeah. was making, that he wanted to make, and that he had got the go ahead from A and E to make. So how come all of this wasn't? always part of the story of this film. Because the people who tell the story of the film are 99% believers and they're not going to want to put the part. I mean, that's just the nature. Anytime, I, I've said this before, every time you watch a show about something supernatural on, you know, whatever, history or TLC or any other, or Discovery, they are knowingly lying to you. Yeah. They yeah. consistently leave out anything that doesn't agree. They'll say things that just simply aren't true. Like Bermuda Triangle is a classic example. Where you, it's always like on a common whatever day. And in, in fact, it was a 65 mile per yeah. hour squall that perfectly explains why that sailboat right. went missing. Or the fact they, that people go through the fucking Bermuda Triangle all yeah, day, every day. Every day is one of the most well-traveled. In fact, <laughs> uh, Lloyd's of London charges not one penny more for insurance uh, going through the Bermuda Triangle than they would of a like area because it's not dangerous. And if it was, they would charge you more. Then somewhere along the way, did Patterson decide that, wait a second, we can make a much, much, much bigger splash if this was real. In fact, did he actually, I I wonder, did they actually film the the damn thing? So in other words, when they're getting prepared to film, they could have thought, wait a second, we've got this great this suit. That's pretty good. Let's make this, or, or, or did it even get to the point where they filmed it for the documentary? In other words, you know, here he is. In that movie, he would have himself spot a Bigfoot up ahead, jump off his horse and go take the camera. And then, they, and then they're viewing the film and go, yeah. oh shit, this is really good. Or, or, I, I, you know, one of those two things could have easily happened. Either they've thought about it as they're making yeah. the film, I thought about it after they made the film and realized it's way more profitable if we pretend it's real than it's not. So what ended up happening with A&E? I was just about to ask that. Uh, he ripped them off. So he, if, if that's true, in other words, if he filmed it, because he, he filmed it on A&E's dime, mm-hmm. right. if he did so and then realized whether before or after he filmed it, I can make more money by pretending this is real. He uh, he stole. He ripped off AME because he just went back to AME and said AME and said I'm dropping it. I don't want to do that film anymore. Okay. And he dropped the relationship with AME. Uh. And then uh, remember he had shot this footage on on their dime and then said you know I'm not going to do that anymore. And then just a short while later he's up there on his own dime. And allegedly, okay. and he suddenly gets this amazing footage of Bigfoot in Bluff Creek. So this is why Creek. big timing yeah. matters. He he basically Zuckerberg them. Think about it. He said a little bit. Let them pay for. They're going to pay for this documentary of mine. Oh shit! What a great idea. I'm dropping that one. I'm now not. And and shortly mm. later, he has the same idea, yeah. but now it belongs to him, <laughs> and not to A and E. He says it's real. It. Yeah. He Zuckerberg them. That's yeah. what happened with Guitar Hero too. It was supposed to be a remake of a Japanese game with like a, um, the American division of that company. Oh, really? But then the people who were working on it, they developed the company or they developed the new controller yeah. and all that. Yeah. And then they just left the company, yeah. made their own company and made their own game and took it over. Guitar Hero them doesn't sound as good as Zuckerberg, but uh, I get you. <laughs> but Guitar yeah. Hero is better yeah. and it didn't destabilize our democracy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It just made us all shredders. <laughs> Roger Patterson also, by the way, knew he had cancer. 
and likely didn't yeah. have right. long to live. Yeah. So some folks think, well, is this kind of a way for him to provide for his beloved wife, Patricia, right. after he was gone? Or was he simply this lifelong huckster and this was his later latest scam? Uh, or, yeah. or was it Por Que Nos Los Dos? Por Que Nos Los Dos. Por Que Nos So that's kind of more or less what I think probably I, yeah. happened. Uh, you should have led with all of this, and then it could have been a much shorter podcast. No, that'd be, that'd be lame. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a weird bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you gotta, you got to get into it. So let's talk about how they could have done it. As we mentioned, Patterson would have needed a Bigfoot suit, a good Bigfoot suit to do a this. Really you can't have a one. shitty one to make this sort of mockumentary. Uh, a variety of special effects expert, experts have opined about that suit, right? And their opinions range from super lame, it's obviously fake, to... I don't see how that could have been done in yeah. 1967. It really does. It runs the gamut. We just don't know. Some people think it could be easily fixed. Who was it? I think it was Sam Winston said, like, I could have done that for 200 bucks. Yeah. It's not that good. Others have other good special effects folks that said, yeah. no, that was great. Like yeah. that one guy in that one documentary that you were talking about last episode. Yes. I forgot his name. <laughs> but the, like, the legendary spe- special effects artist from like those, that one movies. From uh, those various Shit. movies, yes. Yes, Stan I think Winston. it was Stan Winston. It was. It was Stan oh. Winston. So he changed his tune with the Alien Autopsy. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, with the Patterson Gimlin film, was like, that's bullshit. With the Alien Autopsy, he was like, oh, hmm, wow, that guy yeah. should have a job in oh, Hollywood. Yeah, all mixed up. So, yeah. Did anybody ever go to all of the costume makers and special effects people? And yeah. Ask? No, because that's physically impossible. <laughs> but. Are you kidding me? Do you know how. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> just gave me a. A Gary Coleman look from different Obviously, strokes. that's not impossible. Well, yeah, it is. Do you know how many of those oh exist? My God, but also, if they did it, Countless. they wouldn't, theoretically, mm-hmm. he would not want them to talk about that. He would have paid them to do so. So, But I have, I have something close to that for you. It was in, in 2002, someone did come forward to claim credit. Okay. Mm. His name is Philip Morris from North Carolina, the but he Philip wasn't a Morris. cigarette company. He was a costume designer. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he'd been talking for years about that he had made the costume. He had been saying since the 80s. He had talked at, like, at conventions and stuff like that. He had said, I made that costume. Did he have pictures? No. Oh. Then I'm not sure I believe I, I don't know if I believe him either. But he I finally, openly in 2002 on a radio show, he talked, he, he talked about it. And then Charlotte Observer wrote a story about, here's the guy who made the Bigfoot suit in the Patterson-Gimlin film. He explained that he held this secret for so long, or at least kind of semi-secret, because he's protecting his business. It wouldn't be good. If someone commissioned you to, to make a suit on the down low, it could be bad for business if you divulge that. So that's yeah. why he, he didn't come public until 2002, even though he'd been talking about it for some time. His story. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. He said that he thought Patterson, uh, it was, it was basically a, a gorilla suit, more or less, and that Patterson modified it to look a little different with wider shoulders and a little bit longer arms is what he said Patterson did to it. And he explained that the, the, the wearer could have worn uh, football shoulder pads and, yeah. and maybe used little sticks in his hands to fill out the hands in the suit is what he oh, claimed. that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. He also claimed that the odd gait of the, the, the walk with the soles of the feet coming down flat instead of, yeah. instead of going ball foot was uh, the ball of the foot landing first. He said... That was kind of, he said that you had to do that. It's, tr- it's like try walking on flippers. Yeah. You yeah. go down flat or, or um, and yeah. to, to walk around. It was, like, it was like big clown shoes kind of a thing. So he Ooh, said the wearer yeah. would have had to have walked like that. Snowshoes. Yeah. yeah. Clompers. He said it also, the suit he made also explains the odd kind of partial turn because it, oh, yeah. if you see the turn, it turns with the hips. It doesn't turn, he's not craning his neck. Completely, when when Bigfoot turns towards the camera, he's mostly he's turning his hips quite a bit. He said that was also a characteristic of yeah. the suit. 
He's like he wrestlers with real thick necks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which gave me, and it could have been a, a Sasquatch with a really thick, thick neck, possibly. Let's, you know. Did it have a really thick neck? I'm sure it, it, it didn't. I mean, it must Maybe have. she slept we on could, Yes, she, she might had have. a creek in she her neck. Have. She was just napping by the creek, is what, and they woke her up. Yeah. She's like, I've been there. Out of here. Yep. So also, he claimed that Morris's wife vouched for him and said, yep, yeah, no, I knew he made it back way back then, and said he was telling the truth. At the end of the day, we absolutely don't know who made the suit, but it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. If you think it's a suit, someone made that suit. It, but, okay, so now who wore the suit? You remember Bob Hieronymus, the friend? He finally, in 1999... Like Morris, he came forward and said, I'm the man in the suit. Wow. He said he had been Did he fearful. sign an affidavit, though? He, oh. I don't think he did. Oh, well, he then, is Bigfoot. I'm not sure. He, he said he wouldn't, didn't come forward earlier because he didn't want to be accused of taking part in a fraud. He yeah. said what yeah. Patterson made a shit ton of money off of a fraud, and he was afraid of having his part in the crime. Did he get any money? He did not get a penny. Wow. He was promised money uh, by Patterson, but true to form, how does he never pay him a red cent? Then he, he should have. He absolutely should have. He also he said for years and years and years he thought that Patterson's uh, that that um, oh. da, uh, the, oh. the French guy, the two people who owned Bernard. it, the widow, yeah. would eventually pay him, but they never did. So he finally came forward in 1999 and said, "Screw it, I'm not getting any money off it. I'm going I'm to expose yeah. this hoax." Yeah, but you waited 30 years. Well, he also he said he watched um, a, a documentary in 1998 on the Fox TV network about famous hoaxes. And he said, okay, I did the most famous hoax in the world. So about yeah. a month later, he came forward and said, that's me. Huh. He said he basically did it for free with a promise for payment that Patterson never came through with. And there are various kind of tidbits of, of potential confirmation from this. His, again, his mother and his nephew said they remember seeing that suit about two days after the footage was shot in his house. Huh. A, a, a friend also said, I saw it a, little, a, a few days later in his car. Another friend said that, yeah, uh, he had talked about his part in the hoax way back in 1968, just after the film, the, it, it happened. So there are contemporaries. There, there kind of are. Yeah. You yeah. have to believe they're telling the truth. Some yeah. Bigfoot I believe her believers they say that they're lying just to support his yeah. story. So there are people that say that, that he's, they're making it up. Why? They just what do dispute they, these statements. Yeah, he doesn't have anything to gain. They really don't. No, I mean, like he said, uh, it could even potentially of fame. hurt people, business. People lie for yeah, attention all the time, so it's it's into, I, I yeah, don't know. But if I have a friend who's seeking fifteen minutes of fame, yes. I'm not going to lie to back him up. You wouldn't because think so. that's just dumb. You yeah. wouldn't, and I wouldn't lie wouldn't. to back you up. Wow! If you said wow. something dumb, we're going to have to test that. I think you a lot of lie people to back wouldn't. Me up either. Absolutely would. No, you, no, you I, wouldn't. I'm doing it right now. It's kind of meta. Hieronymus. For what's his worth, he was about 6'5 and a big dude. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, he could fill it out. Yeah, he could. I believe he said, By the way, he said he did use shoulder pads, but he did shoulder pads, but he did not use any sticks for the hands. That was, you know, the, yeah. the suit. Oh, he just hands. got his own spider monkey arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that are insanely long. I know, they aren't really And again, like the, the, crazy the long. fingers and stuff would be fake. That would be part yeah. of the suit. The, yeah. hand, the hand would be a suit, but his hands were in the hands, like, you know, mittens with big <laughs> Bigfoot fingers. I don't know. Uh, we don't know. We don't know if either one of the guys is telling the truth, to be honest. They may both be lying. They may, one probably is lying because there's the, the things differ, but you know the suit differs from what Hieronymus and, and, and Morris said about it. But this, Morris said uh, Patterson could have modified the suit so that they yeah. could both be telling the truth or they could both yeah. be lying, yeah. honestly. We don't know. It might be the second one. Roger, yeah, it could be. Roger Patterson 
At least, but at least with Hieronymus, we know he was a friend of Patterson. He was mm-hmm. there in that in that film they did yeah. in 1967. Yeah, he was big. It, it, it confirmed. I, yeah. I, I, I believe Pat, uh, Hieronymus more than I do. Me uh, too. Morris. Me yep. too. Patterson remained a Bigfoot hunter to the end. Just before he died, he sold some rights to the, the PGF to fund a trip to Thailand because a U.S. airman stationed in Thailand claimed that a Sasquatch in Thailand was being held alive <laughs> in a Buddhist monastery. Oh, so Patterson, what? What? He secured what? some money, flew over the, over the Bangkok, whatever, <laughs> went to the airman. Some money. He sold some rights to his, uh, his oh, film, yeah. probably illegally, because remember yeah. he, over, he overlapped rights yeah. all the time. So he did. He sold another batch of rights that he didn't have anymore Sheesh. to somebody, so he could fly to Thailand and. Uh, check this airman who it was a complete hoax yeah. he was bitterly disappointed uh what Good. year did he die 72 i believe oh, Not okay. oh that's right one or two we, something like that he lived wow. five years after the what you think he is just he a was, great he was kind of an asshole. society yeah, who he needs was, he was to be bug. here he was a DB. Gimlin would always say that he thought the creature was real. Oh. He did sometimes acknowledge that, though. You know, it's like, I could have been duped by Patterson. I don't think I was. But it's possible that I was duped by Patterson and he had some person in a suit walk by and I didn't know about it. Hmm. Gimlin. He also said he regretted ever yeah, having no. done anything in Bluff Creek and ever having to do it. Because he was cheated out of the money that he was owed by Patterson and Diadley. Remember, he, he yeah. got very little money for it. He faced incredible ridicule back in Yakima. Uh, almost no one seemed to believe him, and a lot of people thought he was insane or nuts or just you know a, a, an idiot for for saying what he was saying about about having filmed this Bigfoot. He remembers that people back in Yakima sometimes they'd drive into his driveway and yell while he was home, "Bob, we want to go Bigfoot hunting," and just to fuck with him because well, he was kind of a nice. he was he was ridiculed back home for for his part in this. Yeah. His wife, by the way, is a bank teller, and people would go to her line on purpose to fuck with her and tease her about her husband. Wow. And she couldn't take it. She said, I talked about leaving him multiple times because she said, I can't handle this kind of harassment. So she, they almost, it almost broke up their marriage. I didn't know Yakima was full of bullies. Yeah, they were definitely bullies. They're, they're Bigfoot bullies is what they were. Yeah. These days, though, uh, he makes his living by speaking at pretty much every <laughs> Bigfoot convention imaginable. Oh, geez. He finally, he finally was persuaded, I think in the late 90s, something like that, he was finally persuaded to, to come talk at one. And he said that it changed his life. It helped him immensely. He said, the people there want to talk to me. They want to tell me about their experience. This turned my whole life around. So now he, that's all he does. He goes Aww. and talk, uh, talks to these adoring crowds. Like, because he's a legend. Yeah. Patterson's yeah. long dead. He's the other guy. He's Yikes. Paul Allen to Steve Jobs. So, or wait, that's Microsoft. Did I fuck that up? Uh, who Paul Allen was to Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Is that right? Okay, so he's kind of like that. He's the other guy who, yes. the lesser known, but the other guy who, yeah. is, who had a direct hand in this, in this. This is the by far the biggest piece of evidence in all of Bigfoot lore. So he, you know, was Gimlin the hoaxing partner of Roger Patterson? Was he an unwilling dupe? Or did he really see something back in 1967 in Bluff Creek? Well, okay. If it was a hoax, which we seem like we believe it was, mm-hmm. and Hieronymus was in the suit, Hieronymus didn't go out there by himself. Oh, no. there yeah. had yeah. So well, he well. had to be with Patterson and Gimlin. Yes, exactly. So Gimlin knows. That's why, yes. that's why I said yeah. that earlier, kind of my snide remark, is, is that if this is a hoax, Gimlin had to be part yes. of it. 
He's always claimed it was real, but like I said, he's kind of hedged and said, I don't know, maybe. I mean, really? Been in his okay, well, Bob, put the suit on. Yeah. I'm going to lead Dimlin over out to here, too. It's when I say go, you start walking across. Yeah, yes. I mean, it doesn't make yeah, like any sense. And then he'll, and no, he's not going to shoot you. We both have, he has a rifle. Yeah, no, he has a rifle, but he won't shoot you. I told him not to. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Why he's the one who was spared from the information in the operation. Yes, absolutely. So it's unlikely. We don't know. So shots in the dark, real or fake? Fake. Coral, we've been done it. <laughs> now with this new whopper of information you give us at the end is it really uh-huh. well yeah. that that's what that, it, pretend this film was in isolation and we just had it and we didn't know anything about it who took it where it was blah 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 it would be very interesting very fascinating it's yeah. in, like i said but still it wouldn't be conclusive no one could yeah. sit there and look at the film in, in isolation and say absolutely that's for sure bigfoot you no. can't I, people the people who say they do are, are tricking themselves i lean toward fake because i honestly don't believe there is a bigfoot I would existence. love, we'll talk about it in a second, but, but in terms of the film, when you add the layer of who took it, yes. the questions about how they took it, yeah. the timeline, the development, the person he was, the people who have come forward, when all yeah. that stuff gets thrown into the mix of the film being at best interesting in isolation, when you throw in the background and the who's and all the suspicions along with that, and, and, and then, of course, the whole tale of them having set out to do a, Bigfoot, a fictional Bigfoot film, yes. it makes it absurd it makes yeah. it it makes it high it, it tilts it to the very very unlikely that that is true yeah ledger in my mind but which is too bad because i would love for there to be i know you would. unquestionable bigfoot film <laughs> i don't that. i'm not convinced that I, I don't think there's a bigfoot but there's a the little tinge yeah. of me who keeps an open mind about that you know i mean obviously you think yeah. there might be there might be but i, I say mean there might was with a, with like like really small font <laughs> the size of the font doesn't have anything to do with it. Oh, you know what I mean. God damn it. Uh, but, but, but here's the thing. I want there to be a Bigfoot, which means I'm going to demand that the evidence is absolutely valid. It seems like Bigfoot believers do the exact opposite. They have this closed yeah. mind that there is a Bigfoot, and whatever you say to refute that is a lie and untrue, and I'll make up reasons why I don't believe your refutation, when they should have the exact opposite. They should look at the film critically like John Napier did yeah. and say, you know, I've got some serious problems with it. Yeah. In honesty, I still want to be a Bigfoot. I still hope there's a Bigfoot out there, but this this film doesn't do it. That's my take on, on Gimlin, Patterson Gimlin. Yeah. To convince film. everybody else, you got to have the best, most incontrovertible yep. evidence ever done did. So. And, and, and well, if, and which you, nobody's ever going to have, even if it sure did exist. It's called a body. It, if it exists, yeah, they are going to maybe eventually Absolutely. have it. It's a body. That's a, there's the old myth well, about the okay. It would be Hello, there's been nobody yet, so I know. there ain't going to be nobody. I know, which explains my small font. That and, and, the, and the, ever, the ever-shrinking wild lands in all uh-huh. the places Very where there supposedly that. are Bigfoot yeah. makes it just, in, you know, we have satellite images of every square inch of the earth. Okay, but I can see something that exists without wanting to kill it and drag it home. No, I, well, yes, but... I'm saying if you want incontrovertible proof, it's not ever going to be by film or video. It's going to have to be physical. Yeah. It just is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, you always hear this thing, well, do, do people ever find the bodies of bears and stuff in the forest? And the answer to that is, yes. of course they yes. do, you idiot. You hear that <laughs> a lot the from, the, from the Bigfoot crowd. It's like, oh, you never see... Yeah, no, they do all the time, <laughs> dumbass. So, uh, that, that's, so why haven't we stumbled? I'm not saying go kill a Bigfoot. If you go kill Please a Bigfoot, don't. you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You better not... I mean, I would not kill a Bigfoot even to prove its existence but to run across a body seems like that'd be inevitable yeah 
there has to be a breeding population. They have to have a decent amount of territory. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no part of this. Of again, these are in places like California yeah. and Washington, where well, Bigfoot sightings have been in, I believe, every state except Hawaii. Literally, really? it's literally true. Huh. So those volcanoes got to have some. It might be the volcanoes, or if the fact it's an island. That could be no, also. There's got to be something. In, no, she's saying, saying there are. Oh, there yeah, are. there's got to be there. some Up in the mountains. big okay. creatures. Hawaiian Bigfoot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, Bigfoot. I mean, I know. I mean, exactly. Bigfoots have been sighted in 49 states. Huh. No, and, I know. And, and yet I know no what body. you're saying. Some of those states are places like Kansas, where it's hard to hide a body. <laughs> Rhode Island, hard That's to hide a body. Me. New York so, City, Bigfoot. <laughs> Manhattan's Bigfoot. What are you doing? I like a bag of some schmear. Times Square, Bigfoot. That's it for the Patterson Gimlin film. You're welcome. It's intriguing. It's fascinating. They did a great job. They did a fabulous did job. At that they did a great job. They just should have film. made a terrible movie about, yeah. about this, you know, Ape Canyon and not uh, pretended it was true. Yeah. They not, succeeded, though, sadly. unfortunately. I wish it was. I'm still hopeful. I still yeah. want to be a Bigfoot <laughs> out there. Oh. I thought you meant you were still hopeful that the... No. Oh, was no Bigfoot, yeah. if you're listening, please come email on the podcast. us. Or come on the podcast. We'd be happy. We'd, we, we will make... We'll make the time for you. You uh-huh. name the time, you name the place, we'll make it happen. Okay. All right? Sasky. That's my nickname. We'll fly up to Yakima. Absolutely. Hell yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, that's it. Thank you for listening. Any uh, Anything else, guys? No. Girl, no. All right. All right. Again, so we got a yes is true, yes is true, and a maybe from me. Okay. Okay. All right. See you guys. Weird Bye. World Podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I was preempting you because I you knew were. you were going to ask me. Weird World Podcast on... Facebook and Twitter, or no, Facebook and Instagram and Patreon and Weird World Pod on Twitter and weirdworldpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Carrie. If your name is Bigfoot and you want to email me. Oh, yes, please do. Okay. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Goodbye.